shitting on anyone named dave <laughs> that's, that's unfair dave it's true i love shitting on me honey not again yeah. uh, that's a fit that's how, how i pass the time man yeah, you know welcome to the head metal over six pack podcast we are marcus we are anthony we are dave and we are joined by deke of local boston mass based metal hardcore rock band inverter which um, just a, a fun side story. I've seen Inverter actually probably like a half a dozen times, like unintentionally. Oh, really? <laughs> like, randomly at shows. like, what does that mean? I don't know what yeah. that means. I know. It's a, it's a weird comment. And that goes like, through his Christmas past. talking. Oh, Inverter tickets again. Like, Damn I it. Just, it's one I was passing by someone's yeah. building yeah. and I caught a mere audio glimpse. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I've been to a few local festivals that like Inverter always seems to be at. And like, it's like one of those, like you check it, it's like, oh, that's pretty good. And you check it out. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. And then we took like a, like an actual, like serious look at it, at you guys. Like when we were down in um, Connecticut, mm -hmm. like probably a, about a month ago or so. And I was like, oh, the the toad show that one yeah, yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah and i was like holy shit those guys are like amazing <laughs> oh thank you thank like, you for being I... easily impressed <laughs> <laughs> to set the bar real low <laughs> uh, no it but no like entertaining as hell like like we and we we were inspired to like actually like approach you guys like and like like get you on just like talk like a little bit um just to talk about a few accolades. So in a in um in a time of in a time of the world where like everybody else is shut down, I mean, you guys seem to have like a pretty busy uh, 2021. Obviously, uh, yeah. album release, and uh, you got this uh, Boston Music Award for yeah, Metal uh, Artist of the Year. Yeah, that was a surprise. A friend of mine, he goes, "Hey, dude," he emails me, "Hey, dude, congrats on the nomination." I'm like, "For what?" I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "For the." metal act of the year you and, and they it was whittled down to 10 bands at one point out of five billion in the boston area greater boston oh. area and i had no idea this thing was even going on and we got nominated by this it's by listeners but also as a panel of like people that are part of some association that are all music geeks that are like in the industry run podcasts run record labels and we were nominated by some of them um and then we go to this thing and we end up winning the damn thing i was like holy crap it's awesome uh, that's it was, great it was definitely a surprise. I have video of it somewhere where Jimmy and Jeff, the, the drummer, they got wasted. So they were like <laughs> screaming and running around. You know, you ever see the Three Stooges with Curly falls yeah. on the floor and does the Curly shuffle running yeah. in circles? <laughs> it, was basically, it was basically that with copious amounts of alcohol. It was like they were making a scene where we thought we'd get thrown out of the place before mm -hmm. we could actually collect the award. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're not invited back. Pretty common collected. Yeah, they, they were pretty excited. 
<laughs> it was uh, it, it got out of hand. That's awesome. That's though. great. That's how you know it was well earned. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. It was cool because there were some pretty good bands we were going up against. So you know, fuck those bands. <laughs> <laughs> we're the greatest in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, there's there's a lot of competition in Boston, so it was an honor. There's some awesome bands. So. Is a bit of a music city. Yeah, not as cool as it once was. There's not as many clubs because they're all getting. It's a very expensive town, so everything's uh, getting gentrified. Yes. A lot of clubs are getting shut down. COVID killed a few of the other ones. Sucks. Um, so many venues. Yeah, it, it's good and bad because at one point in time, maybe there were. I don't want to say there were too many clubs, but on any given night, you're spoiled in a bigger city where there's like a hundred bands you can go see. So you're all fighting for that limited audience that likes and metal like. It's especially tough in Boston. It's like the bastard child of music mm. in Boston, where it's just a lot of the clubs, they want bands that sound like the Strokes or, or cover bands. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'd rather die before doing that. <laughs> so it's just not going to happen. Right. So we actually find ourselves playing a lot of times outside of Boston and not in Boston. It's just right, not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit weird as a scene. Same with New York City. New York City is kind of a, a lot of it's like a terrible metal scene. <laughs> Interesting. no it is and even bands there it's like it's so hard like they don't play there they play outside new york city because yeah. there's not as many clubs the clubs don't want metal bands they don't want hardcore bands they don't want the trouble that comes with those bands which usually there's none but yeah, no, but in some cases you know with the, the crew mentality of like the true hardcore stuff there's trouble once in a while yeah, yeah that's true well, i got quite a few stitches to prove it it's you know because i was very <laughs> in the hardcore scene of boston i've got my ass kicked and, and you know like gotten fights and you know and like landed on and just other bad stuff many times so mm -hmm. it breaks you down oh yeah no, definitely definitely but only slightly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i walked We're... over to the screen with, with a cane i got a couple leg braces on right now <laughs> here we go we're a resilient bunch of idiots up here in we new sure england are. We sure are. Uh, basically yeah something the cold weather something in the air i don't know that's yeah. just it if we can if we can tolerate the weather you know <laughs> you know what it is boston too is a drinking city it's all irish mm -hmm. man that's anywhere you go there's fist fights there's fights it's like mm -hmm. you kind of walk by it you don't even pay attention anymore because it's so it's so common, common yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in the irish bars at closing time out out on the sidewalk there's people fighting it's like mm -hmm. Leave the bar, find blood on your shirt. Like, what the? Oh, again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember how this got here. Where the uh, shiner come from. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, shit. That's awesome. So do you have, like, a... I mean, what's your... Out of all the venues you played, like, what, what do you think is your favorite one in the area? Why, uh, in the Boston area or just New England or which? Or I mean, or yeah, both? just, like, local to here. Like, do you Let's have... Let's call like it New a, England because fuck Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have, like, a, you have like a home base or something? I mean, not, like... Yeah. I'll be in a fight tonight if I say that. <laughs> exactly. uh, no, I love Boston. I actually grew up in Connecticut near New Haven. So I moved up here and I fell in love with the Boston area. I've been up here for like 20 years. It's awesome just all around. But uh, clubs, uh, well, you saw us at Toad's Place. Toad's Place is like, it's an awesome club. I grew up having seen some big legendary bands there as a kid. So that, that was the second, play, second time, excuse me, I've ever played Toad's Place. Uh, which was a total honor and uh, opus uh, from dead by wednesday and hail the horns he put that show on and invited us up because we've done a bunch of shows with dead by wednesday we love those guys and and with mark rizzo from you know Soulfly and all that uh so toad's place it was an honor to go back there that's one of my favorite clubs to be honest up in the boston area uh there's clubs that are great but it's like you gotta weigh one pro and con versus the other there's clubs yep. like the middle east and cambridge i've seen some amazing shows there yeah but like You'll play there and pack the place, and they're like, "Here's a nickel, Dweak. 
oh. you know, like <laughs> right, fans yeah. kind of get it's it's rough because the overhead in clubs in Boston is so great that like sometimes oh, the yeah. clubs will take like well over a thousand dollars off the top before it's a band sees, uh, you know, a penny. Yeah. Um, the Paradise in Boston, if you've ever been there, I've never played it. That's one of my favorite clubs. That's like on my bucket list to play the dice, they call it. It's uh, it's kind of like a Toad's Place in size with a balcony, almost a New Orleans-style wraparound balcony, a second yeah. floor so you can look down on things. Yep. And uh, I don't know, you're growing up, there used to be, I'm old, so there used to be a place in New Haven to tune in that was like popping my cherry club-wise. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> And it was a rough neighborhood. Like we got jumped by a gang once leaving a show, uh, leaving a, a, a leeway show, a hardcore show. We got jumped. Uh, another time I got robbed at gunpoint, leaving an overkill show. You know, just not a good neighborhood, but the club was legendary. Fernando Pinto, who's from New Haven, used to run that joint. I don't know. There's a lot of cool clubs to pick from. We do especially well out in Central Mass and in Providence, even though Providence we're from Boston, because the, the yeah. metal scene seemed to be stronger oh, yeah. over in those regions and more supportive. Yeah. especially when we got to Springfield, like Geraldine's, which used to be maximum capacity and poor Richards. It was a couple places. Yeah. I love that place. Cause the people there are great. That scene's awesome. We'll play there. We'll sell like a zillion shirts and CDs. We're playing there. In fact, coming up in like a week or two, maybe I'm not, I'm the one who books the shows, but I often don't remember. <laughs> we have quite a few coming up. Yeah. We're playing it. We're playing a show up there coming up. It's like a dollar cover. It's like this birthday bash for someone with, um medicated savage one ton tommy gun in hero in the horror i think okay uh and inverter yeah. it's like a dollar to get in i don't even know like why even bother charging a cover <laughs> yeah, right. maybe like a dollar like did they legally have to charge something i don't know yeah maybe that guy doesn't I, bring cash <laughs> like, like, um, you take Venmo. I put this on about Devin, right? work him over in the back alleyway. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Oh, Do you man. take food stamps? <laughs> yeah, I got a wick. <laughs> yeah, that sucks though, man. That you guys got jumped and and how come everybody in the Boston area has like a, a gun story or like a <laughs> like yeah, I had a gun pulled on me. That was New Haven. That was New Haven. Jeez. The, the two times on uh, not Crown Street, but off Orange Street and Center Streets where this place, the tune-in used to be. Now it's a parking lot. And we used to go see a lot of hardcore bands there. You know, back in the day, um, you know, Mad Ball, Earth Crisis, Strife, um, oh, 108, Shelter. We, I'd go to all these hardcore shows and just, you know, break my body down, do nothing but stage dive and have people, <laughs> I'm a tall dude. So the problem is if I'm a crowd, when I get stage, stage dove, upon is that it's not proper English. you're the target I'm tall. <laughs> yeah i'm the first one to get hit so like i i have so many neck injuries from all the concerts i've gone right to and feet I, flying through yeah no the full force of someone's body that you always yeah. get these like drunk fat dudes they <laughs> and they want to try they want to try stage diving for the first time the first time ever yeah. and then this 300 pound guy lands in your neck you know like uh, I, feel, for you. I feel like there should be a weight limit for like crowd surfing like stage diving it's like dude if you're if you're above 225 you don't belong up there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean even that yeah i'm around that too i don't think i would stage dive anymore because i'm afraid i'd crush someone like kill them <laughs> you know because it's 225 with momentum coming down we used mm -hmm. to climb up in some of the amp stacks of the tune in and jump off those or see if we could do flips of the crowd when it was really thick so you sure, know sure. you're never gonna you know you'll never fall through because there's just too many people there but mm -hmm. you know or people would always run and try to walk on heads and that you know 
that hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was an old, like, you know, again, and I'm dating myself. That was like an earlier hardcore scene thing where you just try to run as far as you could over the heads of <laughs> crowds. Yeah. Want to go to a hardcore show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name, his name when you're is on the receiving end of like a size 14 Nike, it's not fun. His oh. name is escaping me, but the uh, the lead vocalist of uh, Reveille back in the day, like like every single yeah, show, he would, yeah, he would jump off of a stack. He would do a front flip off of a stack into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, he was a spry little dude. I'm actually really good friends with Greg, the guitarist from Reveille. Um, and I guess through one of those, like, uh, you know, the seven, what is the seven, whatever, of Kevin Bacon, all, you know, how everything yeah, is linked yeah. to one or another. Uh, six drummer, degrees of separation. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Our drummer, Jeff Lawn, was in the band Genuflect with drew from Reveille front of that band they put out three or four albums they toured the u.s and our drummer jeff was in that band with drew that band also had greg sullivan the guitarist from Reveille in it so it was like a Reveille part two with half the you know after Reveille kind of got screwed by their label and imploded mm-hmm. they formed that band and our guy jeff was their drummer for years Interesting. Uh, but, but drew's labels. a little guy if have, have you ever met him he's a little dude I haven't like officially a, met him I, i've seen them live so many times so it was like one of those things yeah like, if i was at the like a podium if I was at the Wizard yeah. Palladium, like Reveille was opening. <laughs> like it didn't matter who was yeah, playing. Yeah, like, no. Really great, energetic band. Uh, the drummer, so I played, Inver is the only band I've ever fronted. I've played drums in countless bands. Mm-hmm. Their drummer, Justin, I can't tell you his last name, but was so fun to watch. He was like this tornado of dreadlocks and hair playing. You know, his neck was like replaced surgically with a hinge, I think, just a head banging. <laughs> <He's still laughs> <running around. laughs> I, like I would just watch that dude when they were playing. That the whole band was just so energetic; it was fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they are no more. Uh, neither is Genuflect either. So. Yeah. Got to live and die metal, man. <laughs> yeah. This Deke, you're throwing you're bad. throwing a lot of cool names out there. Um, I I hate to do that lame like what are the influence questions, but like what what would you say your influences get you into music? Ah. Uh, I mean, it's inevitable, inevitable. We, everyone like in reviews or online, whether people like us or not, they're like, these guys are really carrying that 90s torch. I'm like, sure, I guess we are. <laughs> that's kind of, that's, I mean, that's kind of the era I grew up through. Some of that, I worked in radio forever. So we get called anything from like some form of hardcore to new metal to whatever. I'm like, I don't even, I don't fucking care what people call it. <laughs> if you dig us, that's cool. Like, right. And new, new metal became like a bad word at some point in time. You know, Thanks, Fred. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I really don't care. And the, truth be told, there were a lot of new uh, new metal bands I thought were kind of cool, especially you know rhythmically some of them. And uh, we get compared all the time to Static X. I think because yeah. of the timber of my vocals, mm-hmm. like yeah, I whether you, you see it or not, we get that one a lot. White Zombie meets Static X. Um, I'm a big fan with the hip hop influence. I used to hate hip hop growing up. Mm-hmm. Our we have a couple albums that our first one definitely is more that. But, but uh, I was into this band Downset from Los Angeles, which were kind of the pioneers, the precursor, almost when Rage first came out, they were the two rivals in that scene. Sure. And Downset was a little more legitimately street and yeah. way more profanity, yeah. you know, it's like real deal, the atrocities and horrors of living in the hood, which, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in that atmosphere. Um, I really liked them. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know, man. Mad, Mad Ball is one of my favorite bands. So some of the breakdowns we throw in Hate Breed. I grew up in a scene where we used to play with Hate Breed mm-hmm. when all they had out were like seven inches in cassettes. We'd yeah, play yeah. shows with them at VFW halls. And even then, I'm like, these guys are amazing. They're going somewhere. Yeah. Very different band. So they went somewhere. I don't know if they'd be an influence, but those are the bands that, that like 
turn my head, but I like a lot of weird, quirky shit too. Um, was, I guess there's a cartoonish side to our band where we're just like, it's not all about like tough guy seriousness. Sure. A lot of the lyrics are very tongue, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, we're writing a bunch of new stuff now where we're getting really nerdy. And like, I'm, I grew up like a, I'm a comic book nerd that was a long haired metalhead, maiden shirts, Chuck Taylors, kind of be a high school outcast, let's say. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, I love that shit. So um, like, we've got a new song we're working on that we might debut soon called hydraulic killing grip and it's basically in in the future it's this dystopian um it's very based on like i've, I've been watching too many of the terminator movies or movies <laughs> that give us the horror movie hardware in the 80s about the killer robot yeah, yeah. Shit yeah. like that but like in a dystopian sci-fi future where if you don't keep up with your bills this these machines are set sent to execute you you know <laughs> it's basically in the year 2078 it's illegal to be poor uh, but there's social commentary in it. yeah no so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of social commentary in it, but we try to keep it fun because we don't want to preach politics to people right so it's like all painted in this kind of comic book like futuristic yeah, yeah. canvas cool. um nice so yeah i mean i like the nerdy shit as well apparently prong is one of my favorite bands prong. and in fact tommy Your victor from prong is on the new uh, yeah he's on the new album um did vocals for us on a track that's pretty cool. And that's awesome. that's yeah. a band, yeah. And Clutch, I'll just mention that one. I love Clutch. Clutch is good. Yeah, like almost anything they've done has been pretty solid. I mean, nice. when you when you talk about like your your influences and stuff, I've listened to all your guys' albums, and I think you brought it up as well. But it seems to be that every album has a different feel to it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like everything, it's almost like a different genre. Not fully, but enough you can tell the difference. Well, what happens? Your influences change. I mean, right. of course. like, dude, I, I'm going through these wormholes backwards with music. There's bands I used to hate and despise. I'm like, that shit is lame growing up. Even old school stuff. Like, I always love Iron Maiden. Never mm -hmm. liked Judas Priest. Now I went back years back and bought some Priest albums, mm -hmm. and I freaking love them. I'm like, yeah. I was missing out. Right. Um, I, this band from the 90s, there's a band called Cop Shoot Cop. And they were this weird alternative rock metal, almost grunge band. Sure. But they were so fucking weird that no one could really understand what they're trying to do. But it's genius on some level. It's so odd. I've been listening to them a lot lately. Interesting. Um, and that's a band who never went anywhere simply because the band name was a little too controversial. You're not going to put them on MTV. It's our like, whoa. No. Yeah. yeah. No, um, no. But they're not really a bad or controversial band. They're just fucking weird. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's the, some of the wormholes I've been going down are with that quirky, weird stuff, which sure. changes what we do in each album. Myself and Bill, the guitarist, we primarily write most of the stuff. I can't play a lick of guitar, but I'll write a good majority of the riffs by just coming up with them in my head, tape like recorder, hum them to him. Yeah. Yep. He, he picks them up, puts his stamp on them. We bring them to the other guys. They put their touch and everything. And Or sometimes we'll just be jamming and, and like a, a song comes out of nothing within five minutes and we start building upon that so you know if we kept putting the same thing out over and over there probably would be some people who would be pleased with that but we wouldn't so right. it's, you, you get you know, stale though you know what i mean it's nice to have and it, and it helps too because when you play a show it helps to match a little bit you know who you're playing with and, and you kind of have that yeah. versatility behind you it's interesting yeah, too sure. because we get built with a lot of like and i love like death metal stuff, black metal stuff, and even the older stuff like Deicide, Obituary, mm -hmm. um, Malevolent Creations coming to town. And I'm like, oh my God, they're back mm -hmm. on tour. And that's an old school death metal band. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff, especially from the rhythmic section, uh, you know, realm of that stuff. 
but we get billed with a lot of those bands and we're nothing, nothing, nothing right. like that. So when we first started playing shows like that, like who the hell billed us with, mm -hmm. you know, some band that's some spiderweb logo that I can't even read. Right, you can't even read, yeah. But we always work well with them because I think what it is, is we're the rhythmic or sonic break from all the blast beat bands. Yeah, it switches it up a bit. We're more about, we try to be more about groove and bounce. Mm -hmm. And these other brutal blast beat bands are like marathons and music. They're so fast that after a while, it gets tiring if yeah. you have 10 of those bands in a row. So that has actually worked worked out well for us and even better yet we always get the women up front while the death metal bands don't That's because true. i think we're the break where if they're brought they you know dance. yeah mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. you know so it is what it is i don't know you know none of it's planned i keep i keep seeing this white thing in the background like this floating apparition <laughs> <laughs> my proton pack out <laughs> yeah. Bro. there's a hey, this is the area for that too Boston makes me feel good yeah there's there's a whole lot of history in this area we're in an old house too and i'm like the house next door to me this is a pretty historic area mm -hmm. um the house next to me is built in the 1700s this one's like 100 years old not that old uh, not that old but the, the town i live in stoughton massachusetts right outside mm -hmm. of boston which was named after the judge that presided over the salem witch trials at the time he was a hero so they named the town after him but he was a murderous bastard you know like now when you look back at the guy was just this scoundrel but the town's named after this guy who sentenced sentenced all these women to death Jesus. you know it's bizarre but that's like a lot of the boston history around here it's yeah right yeah i actually went to salem for the first time uh last year and uh and i was actually pretty astounded at, at some of the like some of the you got like all these museums and everything from all that stuff and you just kind of oh, yeah, learn a lot yeah. about the history it's like i don't know if i want to live here anymore <laughs> I'm that's, that's a cool we just played there two weeks ago actually up in salem nice, nice. and that, i hadn't been to salem in like a long time even though i lived like only an hour away i just right. around halloween it's like amateur hour no disrespect yeah. to the, it, it just gets so it's like going to Times square for new year's it's yeah. just not worth it, it it's so right. crowded like there's a lot of people so uh, i just never go up there but it's a really cool town it is like lots to do mm -hmm. definitely keep it with the uh <laughs> keep it with the origin story what? We've been taking it from you. I know you're usually the question guy, but oh, gotcha. we've been rolling. You, <laughs> this is a successful podcast if I don't have to talk. <laughs> Keeping with the uh, the origin story, I I, I read um, the startup of the band. I actually read this was this was originally supposed to be a uh, a studio project that kind of blossomed. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Um... I was playing drums, build a guitarist. We were in a Rage Against the Machine, Rage Against the Machine tribute band called Age Against the Machine because we're old bastards. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and it actually, when it started out for fun, it led to a lot of things with Age Against the Machine, which was also as an original thing later became Def Dealer, D-E-F, like the 90s hip hop term. Mm -hmm. Not a name I'm proud of, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> hey. um, we we went on to record a bunch of stuff for the WWE for a bunch of the re, uh, wrestlers, their arena entrances, like Jack Swagger, the All American American, his oh, theme really? song that was used for years was Bill and I and, and these two other guys. Um, when so cool. D, uh, DX came back, like Triple H and those dudes, when they had a new new revamp theme, that was us. Yeah. And then this dude, Big Cass, that seven foot yep. tall dude, who they yep. later bounced. Uh, you know, he's like now he's like wrestling in South America for peanuts. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, um, we, we had a theme for him. Uh, so this tribute band became something else. Where all of a sudden, some of those tracks were released in Columbia Records. Um, one of the albums 
WWE The Voices volume, I couldn't tell you. Um, we got a, a, a platinum plaque of the thing. It sold so many copies because we were involved with it. Came in the mail, yeah. I was like, holy shit. That's cool. Um, and like that band became a lot more than we thought it ever would have been, but it ran its course. We did it for seven years and we were playing someone else's music for seven years. Even if the money's good, it's like slavery mentally. It sucks. Yeah. You know, keep in mind, Rage isn't putting out new music. It's not like there's new stuff to play. We like knew every single song of theirs. Like, all right, right. what do we do next? Right. So, uh, yeah, anyways, we started writing uh, new material and the guy who was in Deaf Dealer was i don't know the guy's like a musical genius but he was a little slow on the writing side and i was just the drummer so i started writing the lyrics for the sake of expediency <laughs> and in a couple sessions one of the producers goes dude why don't you just fucking hop on the mic and do some of the lyrics and i did he's like that's a rap we're using that one i'm like okay <laughs> um, good and bad because that was you know so anyways me and uh, bill and i started writing stuff on the side just drinking whiskey writing songs the first one being a track called Back Back in the Dirt, which is one of the few old songs we still play off the first album. And, and there's a music video on YouTube for that one, too. And uh, we put stuff out there on Spotify and all that crap. And we started getting offers for all these shows like, hey, you guys would fit well with this bill. I'm like, we're not even a band. We're just a studio <laughs> thing. And we had so many show offers that were like, all right, maybe we start a band. Yep. And that's where we recruited Jeff Lawn and drums from Genuflect from this band Seventh Rail Crew out of Boston. I had known him forever. And Jimmy, uh, the Strangler Evangelista, he has a new nickname every time I talk about him. Um, the big, you know, burly bassist, not to be messed with. He's our bassist. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all worked out nicely because, you know, they're great guys. I don't, we don't argue about anything. We get along and we all have different musical influences, which I think makes the band so weird. Yeah. The guitarist yeah. is obsessed with Van Halen. The bassist is obsessed with Italian food. Um, <laughs> guys what if we put in a meatball in this song <laughs> it's, uh, no the fun the funny thing is i always make fun of like joke and stage about how italian he is he looks like he's a neck breaker for the mob he's not even italian so <laughs> don't tell <laughs> so, trouble garlic bread solo yeah, yeah. as a laser sight yeah <laughs> right watch out <laughs> don't worry no, it's okay. I'm Italian. I'll tell everybody in the family that you're good. Don't worry, but you can say whatever <laughs> yeah, you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so, uh, no, but that's the lineup now. It's been that way for a while, and uh, it's a melting pot of weird influences. Like I'll mention bands to the guitarist that I'm into. He's like, I've never even heard of those bands. No. You know, because yeah. him and I are like, there's a difference in age there too. He's older than I am, so he's coming from one era. You know, he'll throw in stuff when we're writing. I'm like, dude, that's too 1982. We got to like update it to like at least 91. Yeah. <laughs> Or was it too much? Um, yeah, so we're just fucking around experimenting with stuff, and it's it's working out. It's fun, if anything. We're not going to make a lot of money doing well, this. Well, that's the just, main thing. I mean, if you enjoy doing happen. it, you know what I mean? And you have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. That's success we, in my mind, right? That's me. Yeah, exactly. We, we enjoy going to the studio. That's great. And playing to people. I mean, it's a thrill if someone comes over and wants to buy your album or yeah, a shirt. Definitely. And to people out there, like, you don't realize how much that means to bands if you want to slap down, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks to buy something. Not only are you buying them gas money, but you're kind of giving them um, not verification. What's you know, like just uh, you know, uh, believing in what they do. It's you uh, did, it sounds you like did done good that day. Yeah, yeah, it's a Mr. <laughs> Rogers minute right there. But it's true because it's awesome. People come up and like, thank you so much for buying that, man. You know, they'll never know how much blood, sweat, and tears and money went into right. producing recording right. an album. Right. Um, it's always a losing endeavor for the most right. part. 
Very true. Yep. But it's worth it. <laughs> no, I mean, to have some physical, you know, Bill in the band, he's like, every time we go in the, the studio, he's like, I don't care if you spend extra money, let's get these takes right. This is our stamp in time. Yep. You know, you want, if you're going to do it, do it right, even if you have to go an extra two hours in the studio. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'll lay drum tracks, bass is done, then it's Bill and I in the studio for all the rest of the sessions because he's like the most blunt motherfucker ever. And I kind of am too. If I do something, some run vocally, he thinks sucks or lyrically is dumb. He'll just chime right in in the two way. I'm like, dude, that was the worst crap I've ever heard. You can do better. Uh, and I'll say the same to him, you know, with his guitar work or something. That that, that sounded like a Chumbawamba riff. <laughs> we haven't had that help happen yet, but that's a beautiful relationship, though. Like when you have that ability. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the, the benefit of that, as I get older, like I, I'm just so blunt with people, you know, I'm polite, but I'm blunt because mm -hmm. I want to get my point across. I don't have time to waste. And I prefer if people do that with me. And furthermore, if people pay me a compliment, these blunt people, I know it actually means something. Right. Exactly. It's, not some, it's not some nicety where they're like buttering my balls and just mm -hmm. like, you know, like pat me on the back. Well, it's not fucking worth it. I like, I know they actually meant that because otherwise they're usually cutting me down with stuff sure. to help me. Mm -hmm. All right, we're editing out the first four minutes of my conversation at this podcast today. <laughs> What's that? All the kinds of nice things. <laughs> I don't know if what you nice it. things. Do you need? Butter? Yeah, I have yeah, butter. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, butter your balls. Right here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only got margarine though. I'm sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> castor oil. Mm, castor oil. Yeah. <laughs> do we have to have a? Do we have to have a sidebar? You know, that's not good for you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing balls these days. <laughs> no, no, yeah. That's got to be another Italian thing. Margarine your balls is not bad. It's not good for you. Yeah, that's can't right. Yeah, oleo is that? In, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe it's not balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a T-shirt in there somewhere. <laughs> if I don't see that T-shirt at the next inverter show, I'll be pretty upset. <laughs> if you want gas money, I will throw down on that T-shirt. That'd, that'd be a pretty cool back logo. Like you have like all the inverter stuff in the front. Like I can't believe it's not balls on the back. <laughs> I, I, can, I, can I, I oh, won't man. even trademark it. That's yours. You guys can have that. <laughs> or just a, just a giant banner behind the drums with just two balls hanging. You know, yes. strategically, so that they both almost cleavage like are right between the drummer's <laughs> mm -hmm, head, unbeknownst to him, as yes. the banner unfurls. Unknown. <laughs> oh shit! Call me crazy. I kind of like what we're building here. <laughs> Stones. Meeting in the mines. It's like a Mensa <laughs> meeting over here. Uh -huh. We are so sorry. <laughs> oh, what this, this is what we, we do. This is one, this yeah. is one of this is one of our services. Like we uh, we help you get two balls. <laughs> yeah. One way it or all another. leads to that. Everything leads back to balls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, you did a good thing in 2021, despite the world actually ending. Like you guys actually were productive and like uh, released an album. Tell us about another avalanche. Yeah, I mean, it's you guys kind of touched upon it. It's pretty eclectic. Um, we go in the studio and we'll we'll go in with like 20 songs and do a couple rehearsals beforehand and just cut the fat. You know, because you want to get down to eight or nine. It's expensive to go in there. There's only so much time in our schedules, too. So we have a lot of stuff that's never seen the light of day. And sometimes we'll revisit it. But if you look at, like, my cell phone, my hard drive, or Bill, uh, his, of all the times, like, him and I will get together on the side and write and jam a lot, you know, just to come up with ideas. We have these, like, files upon files of stuff with stupid names that were songs that had potential, but they've become nothing as of yet. 
So uh, it's just mountains of crap. And when you whittle them down, it becomes something. Uh, another avalanche is what <laughs> I should know. Nine tracks, eight, nine maybe. <laughs> nine, if, if you uh, want to be. Actually, three, which four, is interesting. Five, We've gotten to the point. Nine. This is the first original band I've been in where I've gotten to the point where we have so much material out there when we play a show and we have a limited set time, it's kind of tough to pick what songs to play because we even have some other stuff we do that's not even on the album. So let's say we have like, you know, 25 original songs or more. We're only allowed to play eight. Like, how do you whittle mm -hmm. it down? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that album's probably more eclectic than the other ones. Um, some of those songs, there's like one of them's a, almost like a 70s stoner rock song, this track called Hell built for you yep. and it's you know being a, a fan of the band monster magnet actually it's kind of born out of some of those bands sure. fu manchu monster magnet yeah uh, uh acid mammoth i don't know if you ever heard of them there's all these like stoner yeah. doom sludge bands yeah. that are like sasquatch uh mm -hmm. that's a band that just like really 70 stuff that's really really heavy and it's basically like a total relationship revenge song uh basically stating if hell doesn't exist i'm gonna build one for you because you fucked me over so hard <laughs> I like it. but it's tongue in cheek right it's about right. pulling the permits and getting the surveys to construct mm -hmm. hell you know um, <laughs> for this person presumably a woman in this case you know mm -hmm. and it's, it's a general song whoever that that screwed you over it's like one of those angst-filled anti-love songs yeah, yeah and then yeah. we put another we put another one in there that's like almost a pop song if we ever had one called last summer Yep. about my obsession with horror movies horror um and if you go through the lyrics every line in there is a reference to a kick-ass cult followed like horror movie mm -hmm. or an obscure one like troll 2 um they're eating him and then they're gonna eat me yeah i think oh it's troll one now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah so yeah it references the village of nilbog in that nilbog, one of the lines yep. which is goblin backwards, backwards. yeah <laughs> yep. and there's references in there of course to like nightmare in elm street you know how sweet fresh meat and mm -hmm. uh um evil dead i love that kind of stuff i'm obsessed with horror movies so Thanks. so it's all over the map nice. that was the longest answer you probably ever needed but there it is we like it hey the longer the better that's it God, I do sound like my not always <laughs> I used to work in radio once upon a time. The worst is when you ask a question to a band and they're like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm trying to sell your really crappy album, Gavin Rossdale. At least Please. be happy about it. Please. Thanks. It was BC. Yeah. It was BCN you worked at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What did um, you do at BCN? I was a DJ for uh, seven years. Damn. 1 a.m. or? Evenings. What's up? I'm just... I'm just <laughs> you were answering the question as I was trying to throw a dig at you. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, actually, those late shifts where you could get away with murder, like back then, you could, I mean, I'd drink at work and like there was no one in the building. You'd get away with so much and people come in just to hang out. No, but in a corporate job, that's CBS yeah. radio. <laughs> okay, um, and corporate. the bands would come in and play venues nearby and come back sometimes just to hang out and drink and mouth off on the air. Yeah. Uh, not bands I was into so much, but like the band Lit, if you remember those dudes. They would, <laughs> anytime they would come in town, those dudes could drink. They were come, they would come by and hang out with us. The station so, just buzz in and well, just you come in. You would have to. So that that they lived up to the the legend of that song. Then, yeah, right? <laughs> that yeah. song. Yeah. That one. <laughs> song. Oh, they had a couple, but they had that big one, which they made some bank off. I yeah. hope. Yeah, they still play it. That was like the last era of bands actually making money. Right. You know. And getting platinum records then everything went digital and napster and all that shit and like mm -hmm. 
No one buys albums anymore. It sucks. So. Too bad. Do you have any? Uh, so, yeah. Do you have any uh, cool BCN versus AAF stories? Not really. You know, the funny thing is, like, I grew up listening to more of the stuff that AAF played. Mm-hmm. I just happened to live close to BCN, so when I went for an internship in college. I interned at BCN because I could literally wake up five minutes. Like I could see it from my bedroom window. Yeah. So I put together I put together this tape. I was going to send to AF to try to get a job there. Like to get like a 1 a.m., 3 a.m. shift. And while I was interning for another DJ there, I passed my demo tape. I was doing college radio off to this woman um, to get a critique on it. I said, be brutally honest. I didn't know they were looking for DJs. She walked it into the boss. And that weekend I was on the air. And I was hey. on the air. And then I, I started with the overnight shifts to test me out. And then within uh, four or five weeks, I like I got called last minute to come in to fill in for drive time because the guy all of a sudden was like sick or absent. I was like, oh, shit, you know, drive time in a major market. And it worked yeah. out so well. Right. It landed me my full time gig, which was seven to midnight weekdays. That's awesome. And it was a cool, I mean, it was a cool job, um, good money at the time. But like anything else, it becomes a job after a while. There's a lot right. of corporate crap involved with it you know sure. i realize uh, those co- i was gonna say i realize those corporate jobs don't jobs don't really check what's in your coffee cup so if you do want to drink on the mm-hmm. job you can just yeah. you know yep throw it in the old sure. donkey's cup and, and get That's to right. work it's very yeah, true. You know. the mic breaks get sloppier and slower and you know you just <laughs> we've had a few episodes like that it's, oh, a, it happened. Yeah, it's yeah. only a bummer because i feel like like we were brought up like in my like in my childhood listening to bcn and aaf though like you guys were yeah. like like feuding like stations like pranks against each other like wars at like shows oh. and like you know what you know what's interesting though not to get into it we weren't allowed to fight back because we despite what they say we're always the station that had the higher ratings because we would like the, the bigger we had a bigger signal or you know in downtown boston we were always told not to fight back because basically to fight back was to give them plugs continually mm, which uh, which was hard which was hard to do to not say anything back like uh, you know yeah. to kind of just take it and people thought you're being a total bitch about it uh, <laughs> it's just that was their tactic it was weird i never got in any fist fights or anything but i was always the, like the younger kid at the time the metal dude there so anytime bcn in a pissing contest would steal the mc rights for shows like shows we had no business owning over af they'd send me out to mc I had to MC and bring out Slipknot, Hatebreed, and Mudvayne for a show once. Um, that was totally an AAF show. All the other DJs at BCN refused to do the MC- MCing duties. Now, I was always the guy they sent out there. Um, so those got brutal, too, because you get people who want to, like, cut your throat and throw stuff at you. And I just throw shit back at them. I, to- <laughs> yeah, fuck them. I have a couple of shots somewhere of me. I MC'd. I brought out Cypress Hill at Foxborough Stadium to 60,000 people. And on the Jumbotron, dropped ass and mooned everybody. <laughs> but on the jumbotron i dropped trowel a little too low where it was nothing but swinging balls on a jumbotron we're back to balls yes get the butter we did it so, a uh, photographer friend who was working later got the shot and gave me a printout of him like oh god you know? hey bro that's that's the t-shirt it's yeah, the outline yeah. of you dropping trowel on the jumbotron yeah. with i can't believe it's not balls <laughs> so what I'm getting at when I did this, I did this Slipknot show and it was a rowdy crowd. There's one dude particularly in front who like personally hated me. He's just screaming at me the whole time. It's like, I was, I was like, dude, how are you that pa- passionate about which radio station plays free songs for you? Like, it's just like, so this guy was just drunk and angry. 
So I dropped trowel and Slipknot was over the side. I'm supposed to bring them out on stage. You know, as I drop pants, I go over there and give them the big, you know, Slipknot, whatever. And I go over there, they're not coming out. And the guy who was managing the stage, he says, hey, brother, they're not coming out till you do that again. That's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go for an encore pant dropping before Slip, because Corey Taylor and those guys over there are cracking up, and, you know, wouldn't you? I was like, oh, man, all right. Awesome. <laughs> you don't want to keep Slipknot fans. That might be the best story life. ever, but at the same time, it's like you can't recreate that moment. Yeah. Like, it's organic <laughs> all right. the first all right. time. Well, that's the thing. It was awkward coming out for like, I was like a puppet in a shill. I had to go out a second time and do it. You know, there's no spontaneity. Right. No, that's now I'm self-conscious about my cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Now they're ready for right. it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, you guys like that? Oh no. Yeah, oh, God. It's supposed to be derogatory. <laughs> the guy who was yelling at me earlier started sending me love letters. <laughs> You're my favorite. Yeah. It's a metal love story. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Born out of balls. Yeah. Uh, That's the next inverter album. Born out of balls. Yes. Aren't we all? I know. Yeah. It's like it's profound, but it's not. Right. Uh, That's great. That's awesome. That were where that went where I wanted it to. That was a good story. Exactly as I play it. <laughs> they say it's a top three stories on the on the podcast so far. Oh yeah, <laughs> ever dropping crowd during. There's <laughs> <laughs> picture Corey Taylor fucking losing his mind, laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that what was interesting, not to harp on that more, but at that point they hadn't gone public ever taking off their masks. Right. So it was when we were interviewing them backstage, they had all the black eyeliner with no masks on. And you couldn't take pictures and all that, but you're hanging out with them like, oh, these dudes are uglier than I thought they'd be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you never knew like who was who at right. first until they introduced themselves. Because I didn't know what Corey Taylor or uh, who was Paul. Who was the guy who died? Paul, uh, uh, Paul Wood? Gray. No. Paul Gray. Paul Gray. James Wood? No, yeah. that's the actor. Yeah. One oh, of the guys. Oh, you got uh, Jordy Jameson. No, no, he died. That's right. He died too. But one of the guys who first died in Slipknot. Because Paul Gray was the bassist. That's the one who passed away. Oh, okay, Paul Gray. Then yeah, yeah okay, sorry. I don't know much. Because Jim Root's the guitarist. I don't know that helps. But... Yeah, scary. Okay, you're right. Yeah. The, the scariest part is that's like that's like Iowa's best right there. So if they're hard to look at, <laughs> I kind of don't want to go to Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> if Iowa had like a sexiest man of the year calendar, most of them, mm. all fifteen of their members, or whoever you know, what, there nine of them. It's like half of the state. <laughs> no, they were awesome. They were a great band live. I mean, like them or not, just again, the energy, like, oh, yeah, that for the live experience, if you're going to go out there and not move at all, like, you yeah. got to put on a show. Yeah. Um, oh, you have to. I personally was never a huge, uh, another band I saw at one point in time, uh, Henry Rollins. I was never a huge fan of the Rollins band. Yeah. Until I saw them live. I never thought the songs were that good, but he was a master of working up a crowd and just getting right. a whole room of 2,000 people to bounce mm-hmm. yeah. and just would go nuts. And he wasn't young either. And I was like, wow, this guy's a force of nature. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're not like that, but we try to be active too. You know, when we come out to, you know, put on some kind of show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. No one needs people staring at their fretboards or looking down at their <laughs> shoes or self-consciously, you know, between each lyric, looking at their wrists for whatever interesting reason. Whispering into their mic. Mm-hmm. yeah we play with some bands that have lyri- lyrical sheets they're like reading off papers behind like they forget their own lyrics i'm like dude you're not ready to play yet like if you 
And if that ever happens, we've all had our moments where we've been drinking too much or you're just getting carried away. Just improvise, man. Right. No one knows the songs anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Make it up. And half, half the stuff we have as compared to the album versions, I get bored with it. So I'll add some runs in, especially fast ones and add different lyrics or just cater them to make fun of someone in the crowd. It's like half the shit's improv. Like that's, it's half the fun of it. Oh, absolutely. That's why as a, as, a, as a drummer, like I'll never play the same live as I do like on a recorder. You know what I mean? I always got to do something. Of course. Because it's boring when you yeah. play the same thing. And it's, it's like too uh, automatonical, I guess the yeah. word would be. Like you, you're not some program robot. Right. You, know, you can change it. And, and a lot of the professional drummers, they don't do it that way either. You know, right. you'll hear like whoever and, you know, Gene Hoagland, dudes mm-hmm. like that. They'll change it up a little bit even. Oh, yeah. Oh. you got to oh, you have to it's a requirement i don't even write down my lyrics i just i just ad lib <laughs> it's a new song there's every time be, there's something to be said for that yeah <laughs> i want to want a bitch about today <laughs> it's like open mic like poetry uh, yeah slam poetry, poetry. Oh, oh, i yeah. hate starbucks <laughs> <laughs> hardcore slam yeah mm-hmm. you get that poor unfortunate person that has seen you like three times and, Dude, i remember <laughs> this but it wasn't like that last time. <laughs> so different. i got shut up shut well, up here's a t-shirt sorry fuck <laughs> what's funny is we get some people who come out like repeatedly to shows who know a lot of the lyrics mm-hmm. and have all the albums and you'll see the mouth which is cool to see people like mouthing along to oh, lyrics yeah. Until once in a while, I'll mess with them and just change them up as I look at them. You know, they're all like confused. Like, oh, wait, wait a, a second. <laughs> I studied these and those are the right lyrics. And because you're making eye contact, they do that awkward, like, second guess of themselves. Like, uh, uh, yeah. uh wait. <laughs> I'm not sure if they think I'm messing with them or I'm temporarily having like an embolism or a stroke and forgetting my own lyrics. You know? That's a good mix. Which happens, man. Especially songs you don't play as much. Like, you know, you just, like, I remember uh, someone, Michael Stipe from uh, REM. Mm-hmm. you know that it's the end of the world as we know yeah, it yeah. That, that long run you know da, 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 da. I, I don't know any of the lyrics mm-hmm. yeah. but i remember people were critiquing him at one point in time for using a teleprompter i'm like holy shit dude there's no shame in that because he has this run that's like a, a like zillion lyrics fast, yeah yeah people would say like how you wrote the song how would you how would you forget your own lyrics when you have a ton of songs and you don't play some of them often it happens believe yeah me. it's true Mm-hmm. No, that's where the, the art of improv comes in. You're just going to mutter mm-hmm. something or just say something stupid and ridiculous. And Fill it out. It all works out. You leave the club having earned very little. <laughs> yeah, all, all I yeah. know of that song is six o'clock TV hour, and then it just yeah. goes into I chaos. I remember Leonard yeah, Bernstein. That's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to hear a speed metal version of that. There probably is one out there. I can almost guarantee you. Slayer does R.E.M. <laughs> It would definitely be a distorted lyric to the point where, like, if they ever played it live, like, you don't have to yeah. mouth anything. I going to say, do you think any metal vocalist would have that much breath? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Deke, what's the future for Inverter? What we got coming? Uh, we're working on, we got a ton of shows coming up. We're actually doing uh, a short little run with this band called Polka Dot Cadaver. And, like... So Polkadot Cadaver is there's this band from ways back called Dog Fashion Disco, wow. another bizarre name, mm-hmm. who are very much like uh, Mr. Bungle meets no, uh, and really, yeah, really crazy metal, quirky, mm-hmm. bizarre. Mm-hmm. We're pairing up to do a show with them in Rhode Island, New Hampshire, one in Brooklyn, and then I think another one as well. And they're, they're solid. I mean, they're one of these underground bands that like aren't known 
to a huge extent, but a lot of other artists respect them. Like they had Surge <laughs> from System of Down to a track with them. Nice. Neil Fallon from Clutch teamed up with them on a track. Oh yeah. So we're playing uh, with them. We're uh, we got a show this weekend. In fact, I mean, I don't know where this is going out. So whatever. <laughs> we got a bunch <laughs> of shows. We're playing in New Hampshire. Club Jewel, actually, Club Jewel is one of my favorite clubs. We haven't played there in a while. It's a really we played there with Moto Grader one time and oh, some shit. other bands. If you that was a if you remember, yeah, that new metal band. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been moody. Others. Uh, I used to love Moto Grader. Moto Grader was epic. Was, I like Moto Grader. Fun. Yeah, they were fun. They were real good guys too. And that's another band you see them with all the face paint and crap on behind the scenes. You know, they're like calling their wives and like doing their taxes in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> You keep like, saying that you're old. Like, I feel like we're like the same age. I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, oh, I, yeah, need no, you, I need no. you to, I need you to knock it off. <laughs> How old are you? How old are you? Well, I'm, uh, when I turned 38. 45. So yeah, we're like the same age. We're like the yeah. same age. Basically the same person. Yeah. Neither one of us are getting drafted. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting joined at the hip. Yeah. yeah. That too. That too. Um, but anyways, I don't know what I was getting at there. Oh, we're, we're writing a bunch of stuff. Like we just rehearsed last night. In fact, and we have three or four brand new songs that are kind of coming together and we'll, we're going to write probably another eight or nine or finalize that many for another album called, uh, you know, what is it? Born, born out of balls. <laughs> the trip, the triple cassette release. Nice. Use your delusion part three. Eight track uh, only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only that yeah. Would, that'd be kind of cool. Actually. We do. We want to do a vinyl release and we were mm-hmm. kind of like semi in talks with a certain label in new england um there's been some talk we'll see if it yeah. happens if not <laughs> whatever man <clears throat> and yeah just writing new stuff we want to go in the studio maybe the end of this year with the same guy we've been using jamie Locke, who did Madball, set it off that album he did okay. uh shit with vod prongs beg to differ yep. all these right. big metal albums and bands he did one of the obituary albums nice he's right, uh, he's right next door it's lunenberg mass right well, yeah, he, he records up in Powerhouse. We do all the drums in Lunenburg. Is that where you guys are now? Or where you? I don't even know where you I are. I can, like, throw a rock really far. We're pretty close Lunenburg. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do drums only in Lunenburg because uh, the room is this great sound for, like, that heavy, like, thunderous drum, you know, vibe we're going for. And then we go out to Sharon, Mass., which is a town next to me, to do all the stuff out of his house. That's the beauty of all the equipment now. I mean, mm. even you guys doing doing this here, it's like, go 10 20 years ago none of this would be possible now you can get like awesome studio quality stuff mm-hmm. yep and i'll just be yelling in his living room next to his piano and his like humble figurines and uh he act- <laughs> oh he he actually did all of the new kids in the block albums no shit <laughs> so, that's so weird but okay so all these inverter albums i'm screaming my head off i'm standing next to all these platinum plaques from like uh donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> It's like, it's like this it's like an oxymoronic setting like what the you know i almost want to turn them around so it doesn't like affect the vibe of the, the evil going don't look for. at like, me this is wrong yeah stop <laughs> looking at me donnie <laughs> donnie huh? yeah. that's so great that's, that's what we got coming up nice uh i always ask the artists like if uh if we happen to like attract a couple of new listeners for you like where's the best place to find you Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, Inverter Boston on Facebook, inverterband.com, the website. Uh, I think it's just Inverter Boston and Instagram. Uh, no more MySpace. No, we never had one. 
And uh, oh, on YouTube, if, if you just look up inverter, like band, probably type in, we have several music videos, some lyric videos as well, some interviews, crap like that. Um, nice. I think at some point, we're gonna do another music video too for the track UB313, which is, that's the one with Tommy Victor from Prong doing guest vocals on it. That's another nerdy sci-fi song. If you look that one up, UB313 is this, the remnants of a planet beyond Pluto. Um, but it's, it's another dystopian, you know, I won't get into it, but it's a nerdy sci-fi song that's tongue-in-cheek, tongue kind of the end of the world to bring back REM kind of thing. Um, that We might do a video for that song, but something like super cheesy 1950s space monsters kind yeah, of yeah. shit. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not, again not to take ourselves too seriously you know we're just trying to have fun with this we're not these tough guy bands and any crew or anything like that war of the balls mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well yeah i'm trying to think the ball i'm <laughs> now i'm thinking phantasm remember phantasm, phantasm. the ball yeah, yeah. Yeah. the ball is the balls are back yeah. mm -hmm. it all comes full circle to balls and horror uh, movies there we go yeah, yeah. Keeps us going. That yeah. Awesome. So yeah, we got a lot of shows though. Check them out. Uh, we're coming to Connecticut again. The Cellar in Hamden, I think Cellar, it is. Yep. Heard of that. Yeah, we're playing there coming up. I forget with who and uh, a few others as well. We haven't played Connecticut a ton, and we're starting to get more offers out there. Some that were born out of that Toad's Play show, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. So sometimes yeah. one gig begets another. Right. Right. <laughs> Deke, we appreciate the time, man. Awesome. Hey, thank so, you guys. very much. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, best with all. Hopefully, I'll see you out there at some point. Yeah, maybe. We're running each other. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, Just maybe me. we'll we'll shove a mic in your face, like after a show, you know, and, and get another interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you hey, think man, of the crowd, Deke? Yeah. <laughs> you still when all the ladies around, so I look like I'm someone important. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't have time for this right now, guys. <laughs> yes. Some dude in a hoodie with like away. an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much guys yeah, yeah no thanks again for the time obviously like for our audience like definitely check out inverter these guys are like they're they are legit mm -hmm. yeah deke is downplaying themselves like uh, <laughs> like massively like these guys are freaking you humble bastard and awesome <laughs> bill bill the guitarist always makes fun of me he's like you're always making fun of us i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm into self-deprecating humor. I don't know. You know, it's like the uh, same, buddy. Same. Oh, yeah. I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of my era. <laughs> For what it's worth, though, like, like you, you've experienced in your lifetime, like actually, like hate, like, like hate mail, like people chanting at you that like you suck. I have always said, like the the symbol of that you made it is when you start getting the the hate. Like you get that yeah, one hate mail true. saying that like you are the worst thing that I've ever heard in my life. That means you have made it. But you have heard of me. <laughs> yeah. You took you took the time out of your yeah. busy life to right? dedicate. Yeah, I suck so we, bad. We you probably get... listen to me every day. Thank you. <laughs> we we used to have this not to keep you. We used to have this uh, formatted email. Me and my co-host had that was like really over the top. So when someone emailed us something that was like complaining or hateful, we would say that. A uh, dear listener, we sincerely appreciate your undying support for our show. Without fans like you, we couldn't do that. Though we regret we can't answer your email personally because we're so busy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> 
basically to infuriate them yeah. more. Yeah. So they know they never even they never even made it to us. They wasted their time. Mm-hmm. So yes. it was a thank you email. And, and once in a while, people would reply again and get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, poking the bear, man, poking the bear. <laughs> Too bad they didn't have new fo- uh, new phone. Who this back then? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so luckily we haven't had any of that with inverter. But I mean, I'm so thick skin. If someone wants to heckle, I'll like attack right back. <laughs> I, I got plenty of things yeah. to say. So it be some, it's become a comedy show a couple of times when you get some drunk idiots or dudes falling on stage and like messing up our equipment. You know, all of a sudden it's you know hold up comedy hour. Let's make fun of this dude for a long time. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the New England way. Yeah, I don't know. Rose City. Born out of beer. And <laughs> beer and balls. Volume nine. Awesome, man. Thank you for being awesome. All right. Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks so guys. much. Take care now. Right, have All a right, good one. That is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of Heavy Metal Over Sick Back Podcast. Marcus, Dave, and Anthony signing off. Check out the podcast at hmoa6pact.automatic.net. Email hmoa6pact at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.